We are now live at the House of Horrors, episode And <laughs> here with Brian Bremer. <laughs> Hello. Hey, everybody. Hi. Thanks for joining hey. us. How are you doing tonight? Doing great. Thanks for having me, Stephen. And I was just saying, I was really hoping to, I, I love Stephen. I met him in person before, but I was really hoping to meet Miss Boomstick tonight. <laughs> I'm so happy that she's here. And we're talking about the Pumpkinhead t-shirt and how that made Lance Henriksen's day at the convention. I was going to tell you, for all the stuff he's done, he's so fond of this movie and we had such a great time making this movie and we all remember it because like for me it was my first film ever and we just remember it so fondly and working all night in Topanga Canyon and drinking Jolt soda which they don't <laughs> even make anymore because they get killed but not to say that um, but uh, you know and it's just such a great memory for all of us and he was at a convention here in Atlanta a few years ago and one of my friends went down and he, he uh, signed a really nice little picture to me it said miss you bunt and it's him and the creature uh, and I keep that keep that in my office. He he was such a he's such a sweet guy. You know you met him. If if anybody's ever met him, you know he's like the sweetest guy you ever want to meet. Mm -hmm. yeah, totally he's a, real. Yeah, he's gonna be at Spooky Empire in October. I know. So yeah, I'll be seeing him. Spooky Empire in October. I tried to get into Spooky, and I've been talking to Gina. It was too late for me to get in, but I think I'll be there at the next show that they do. Mm. Uh, which would be like the spring or something of next year. You know what? You could do a tricky way to get in. They're having like a kids area, and there's still tables left if you want to like. <laughs> in there. Well, great. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll think about that. I'll, 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 I'll definitely think about that. <laughs> it's the spooky area for kids. <laughs> well, I'll dress up in my bunt costume and I'll. Yeah, go you got right the right size That's hilarious. Well, maybe I will. <laughs> no, I think I'll hit spooky next year. You know, I just started doing cons because I, you know, these movies have followed me my whole life and I, they're so dear to my heart. And I love the people that love the movies and like to talk about them. Uh, and people have asked me to do cons for a long time and it's just never worked out that I could actually do it because I produce TV and I'm still, I'm a voice actor and I do all kinds of things. And then Peter Valderrama at Silver Screen uh, Appearances approached me and said, well, come to this show in Tampa. And that's where I met Steven. Um, and I'm so glad I did. I loved it. But I kind of just started doing shows. So I'm kind of new to the show circuit. But it was so great to meet you and to meet people who love the movie. So I'm doing a couple more coming up that we could talk about later. But I just I, I can't wait to come out again and meet people. And I hope I'm doing one in Florida. I hope that you guys can come to Miss Boone. I'm not in Florida. So Where I'm are you? Too. I'm in Wisconsin. Oh, cool. Well, technically right now I'm in Illinois because I'm visiting family for okay. the weekend, but I'm, I'm normally in Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. Well, I'll get to meet you too because there's tons of shows out there or I'll just, I'll just come stay with you and your family. <laughs> just come to have a come on. marathon, you know? Why whatever. not? Yeah. yeah, why not? <laughs> That's oh. funny. Yeah, we got projector. Let's project movie on our garage door. And yeah, <laughs> we can do it. We can do a lecture. We can do a talk. Well, I'll say now stop the movie here. Now let me tell you the reason you can see the wire that's lifting up on my leg here is because you know what? do a live commentary show. You know, yeah, oh, we should totally do that, guys. We should do that. We should show the movie and just do a live commentary. That would be awesome. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun. Yes, yeah, well, we could even do that online. Even do like a night of the movie. And yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. I have a good friend, Eric Solanas. I don't know if he's going to be on with us tonight, but he, uh, oh geez, he lives in Omaha, mm -hmm. and he approached me. We we met at Facebook, but he has a group that every year they show Pumpkinhead at Halloween, and they have a Pumpkinhead watch party, and they do all this special food, and they have a Pumpkinhead song that they all sing together, and of course, <laughs> it's been virtual this last year. Right. Uh, but because it was virtual the last year, they asked me to go, and I did virtually. 
Right. It was so much fun. And that was kind of what we did. I kind of like had to stop talking because I'll talk through the whole movie. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, anyway, but shout out to Eric if he's watching tonight. I hope he is. Um, my first question for you. Um, oh, you have questions? Oh, we're just chilling, you know. Well, we could do that too. It's part of it. Yeah, I guess we'll ask, you a, we'll ask you a few, you know, whatever. I'm having my Labor Day cocktail. Hey, go for it. It's, <laughs> like just, I it's just iced tea, y'all. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Homemade, right? <laughs> uh huh. I made it myself about five minutes ago. <laughs> so, um, what movies inspired you? And I assume you took drama throughout school, or? Mm -hmm. I did. I actually, when, you know, I, I, uh, in junior high school and high school, I found the drama club and that's sort of where I found my, my tribe and my people. Uh, I, I just took to the people. I actually fell in love for the first time in drama, drama club, you know, and, uh, we, we went all over this. I'm from North Carolina, but lived in South Carolina at the time. And we went all over the state and competed in drama competitions and things like that and won lots of awards. And I wrote a play that got me a full scholarship to Pepperdine university for, uh, 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 playwriting and acting. So I was able to go a full ride to Pepperdine, which got me to LA, which was not where I thought I'd be. I thought I was going to be at the University of South Carolina because my dad's like, you're going to get in-state tuition. That's what we're going to do. And then I got this scholarship at the last minute that took me to California. And um, that's where I started. That's when I did Pumpkinhead. It's when I did Silent Night 5. It's when I did Society when I was out there in LA. But the movies that inspire me I mean, the biggest movie that inspired me, and this is going to sound like a really cliche answer, but is Star Wars. I, you know, I was 11 years old. I know I'm dating myself. I didn't want to, but I was 11 years old when the movie came out. It came out in the summer of 1977. And I remember I went to Luther Ridge Christian Camp. That's where my dad sent me every summer. And as we were driving to Lutheridge for two weeks, and, you know, it was a camp where you made God size, you played basketball, you know, there was no, like, sleepaway massacre or anything like that. It was just, like, <laughs> right. a real summer camp. And Star Wars, they come out. But it was no big deal. It was just a movie that was released, it, like every other movie. I think Jaws was released that summer, too. I think Jaws is from 77 as well. Mm -hmm. That's, like, the golden era of, of horror and sci-fi. Yeah. Um, well, I was at Luther Ridge for two, which is a Lutheran camp. I was there for two weeks. And when I got out and dad was bringing me home, he's like, we got to go see this movie, Star Wars, son. It's uh, everybody's talking about it. I don't know what it's about, but let's go see it. So he took me to see it and he loved it because he said, oh my God, it's like a Western in space. It's, this is great. There's nothing like this. I was buying like from the get go. Uh, I saw it 13 times in the theater that year. Every toy I had for the next five years was a Star Wars toy. And still, I don't have any near me here, but if someone wants to get me something for Christmas or my birthday, it's always Star Wars related. <laughs> so that, that really influenced me. Now, did that make me want to become an actor? Not really. It made me love the movies. What made me want to become an actor was that I fell in love with the process of acting. Right. Uh, I fell in love with becoming other characters. And that's still my favorite work to do is when I get to actually like embody a completely different character. Like Bunt Wallace in Pumpkinhead. I'm not that kid. I'm not from the Appalachian backwoods. I'm from North Carolina. So I relate to that culture a little bit. My, my upbringing was nothing like that. <laughs> yeah. uh, but that was a real character. And, yeah. and my very first feature film and Stan Winston was incredible, incredibly kind, incredible to work with and really like, Took it seriously. And one thing that Lance says, and any of you guys that are creatives or that are actors or have any creative aspiration, Lance actually says in his book, he says, don't ever sell the work short. When I booked Pumpkinhead, my agent, I had a big agent in LA, and he called me in the office. He goes, 
well, kid, you know, it's a horror movie. Everybody's got to do a horror movie to start the career, you know. I'm like, oh, okay, you know, whatever. But I didn't treat it like, oh, it's just a horror movie. I didn't do that with Silent Night 5. I didn't do that with society. Like, you go in and you do the work. You take it seriously. And that's that serves the work. And that, to me, I think all of us did that. And that's why the, the, those movies that I was in and other movies like the Freddy, the early Freddy movies and, and Sleepaway Camp, that's why they survived because mm -hmm. we took them seriously. We, yeah. we weren't being campy and we were like really in that moment. And Stan was a great director. I think directing movies gave him a spastic colon. I think he would have, would have told you that if he were here today, God rest his soul. And he swore after Pumpkinhead that he would never make another movie. He made one more. He directed Monster Squad. <laughs> that was it. He never directed another movie. He didn't like the process of dealing with the executives. And it was something. I mean, I remember shouting matches between the De Laurentiis executives and him on the set about budget and, and effects. And, you know, Stan didn't want to cut any corners, and he didn't. And the great thing about those movies is that's the early days. That's all practical effects. Yeah. Pumpkin had like eight heads in the makeup room that, 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 could continuously look more and more like Lance as the movie went on. And they were all articulated heads with hydraulics and mechanics. Tom Woodruff was in the suit. There's no CGI in that movie at all, and it doesn't need it. Right. That's what I love about that era of our of our genre. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. I think that's like why I like them so much. That's what got me like loving practical effects is sure. those and like greats like Pumpkinhead and whatnot. My favorite special effects story, I did a movie for Toby Hooper, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Toby Hooper, called Spontaneous Combustion. I got to work with Toby and I actually got to be good friends with him. And I went to his house in Bel Air to screen the movie he made about the Marquis de Sade. You probably have no idea what this is. Do you guys know about this? I don't think so. Not off the top of my head, no. Okay. So he made a movie about the Marquis de Sade, Toby Hooper did, and it starred Freddie, uh, uh, Robert England. Robert England was the Marquis de Sade. It was so edgy that it never could get released in the United States. But I went to his house and we watched a screening of it. He had this big old mansion in Bel Air and a movie theater screen dropped out of his ceiling, you know, in front of his fireplace. And we're watching. I'm going, I'm sitting here with Toby Hooper watching this thing. <laughs> the coolest thing about if you haven't seen Spontaneous Combustion, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's really cool. And I'm just in the very beginning, like in the 1950s section, which was really fun to shoot. But I will never forget talking about practical effects. Miss Boomstick, there are a lot of fire effects. And Toby's son, Tony, did a lot of the fire effects on their backyard barbecue grill with a rotisserie spit covered in tin foil with holes punched in it. And he would just roll the spit, so, and then they'd film it on, on film. And as he's rolling the spit, those fire punches are just like popping through. I'll never forget that. And that's when I thought the great thing about our movies is, and, and even today, especially the lower budget independent horrors, this is the pioneer filmmaking. This is really where the experiments happen because these filmmakers don't have any money. I mean, Toby had money, but not that much. It wasn't a, a $20 million film. So they have to innovate because they don't have money. And that's where all the innovations in cinema have come from throughout the years. So that, Stephen, is probably when I fell in love with the genre. When I was standing in Toby Hooper's backyard with his son Tony watching them film <laughs> these fire effects on the barbecue. And then we made chicken and everybody ate. And it was <laughs> Multi use. <laughs> Multi use barbecue. <laughs> That's funny. They use propane for that right now. I recommend propane. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt, man. No doubt.
Um, so since, yeah, Pumpkinhead was your first and then Society came out within a year apart, how was that filming back to back and changing from one character being the hero and then literally a rich monster in the next one? <laughs> it was great. I mean, it was really, that was really, I got hired for Society because of Pumpkinhead. Um, and um, I, we actually filmed them further apart than it seems because Pumpkinhead was filmed in 89, but it didn't come out in the theaters till 91. Not 90, 89 or 90. I think 89. I, we filmed it in, oh, geez, I don't even know. <laughs> I think we filmed it in 89, and it came out in 91. It was only in the theaters for a couple of weeks, and it got pulled. And then MGM bought it, put it on the shelf, sold it to Sci-Fi Channel, and Sci-Fi Channel started showing it like crazy. And that's when you guys got to know it because it came out into the public consciousness. So it's funny how things are made and they get shelved. But Society was right after that. I was hired because of Pumpkinhead. It was it was it was a lot of fun. I have to tell you, with society, none of us had any idea what we were making. Yeah, <laughs> we had no idea. We were all going, "Wow, this is really bizarre," but it was really fun because it's kind of like a twisted Beverly Hills nine hundred two one zero. Right. So we got to shoot it in these really beautiful homes in Malibu, like the pool scene. The pool party scene is in this incredible home in Malibu. And I actually was in school at Pepperdine, and I like finished class and had to drive down for the night shoot. But I just drove right down to this home that was like still, I'll never forget it, and right on the ocean, this beautiful thing. We shot at the beach club in Malibu. So we shot at all these really ritzy, rich locations. And I've always found it really fun to pretend to be rich. <laughs> Because <laughs> I ain't. I mean, you know, um, that that kind of money, you know. So it was really fun. And what was fun about that character is that I didn't approach him as an alien or as a because you know they're not aliens. They've actually been right. here as long as on Earth humanity, long. right? Uh, they're another species. But I just got to approach him as the archetype of kind of the nerdy, uh, uptight, you know, uh, class president who just is getting challenged on every level, and he can't. He can't understand it. He can't like it doesn't compute. That's why he can't stand Billy, you know. And he and he basically cuts his own throat and and uh, you know freaks Billy out at the debate. That was a lot of fun. And all those guys are still around. You know, Billy's awesome. Ben Ferguson is amazing. Um, and we had a lot of fun. We had fun on the beach. That that was really that was really really a fun shoot. Then we went into the studio with Screaming Mad George to do the, the, the shunt scene, which is the big finale where we basically mm -hmm. eat everybody and eat each other and everything, whatever that, and that's when I think all of our minds were like, what is it? <laughs> it's standing in it, you know, we're covered in glycerin or methicil is what it's called. That's what I was gonna ask you about, that was one of my questions, like how yeah. many takes did that take, and I'm sure like clean up and mess it up, or how? We shot was. a full week of night shoots to get that the entire sequence. So you're in the studio, in your underwear, covered in basically methicil, which is the same gelatin that they put in McDonald's milkshakes, by the way, Miss <laughs> Boomstick, Stephen, I wanna tell you. The next time you have a McDonald's milkshake, think about me covered in a milkshake. <laughs> Please. I'd love for you to. I'd love for you to. Um, but anyway. Bremer flavor. Mm, tastes like people. Mm, tastes like chicken. That's their. That's going to be McDonald's next commercial for their milkshake. I'm taking my son to McDonald's. And we're going to get that. And I'm gonna do he hates when I do stuff like that. I'll just take a sip. Tastes like people. <laughs> Tastes like people. <laughs> oh my God, we are going to digress. This is going to be a fun hour. 
<laughs> so, you know, we're in the studio for a full week, night, it, it, day, daytime, but, you know, it seems like nighttime. The thing about methicil is it lowers your body temperature. So we're all basically freezing for the entire week in between takes, and they're putting robes on us, but then they have to douse us with the methicil again to make us all greasy and gross. Right. But it was really cool, and I tell you what, when that movie came out, it couldn't get a release in the United States. You guys might know this this history. Yeah. It was considered too uh, uh, distasteful, uh, too too avant-garde, too out there. And the, it didn't get a release in the United States. It got a release in Great Britain. And it became, for that summer, the number one science fiction film in Great Britain, which I've always been very proud of. I'm very big in London. I, I'm not. I'm actually the same height there as I am here. But I always was proud of that, you know, because I actually do love London. One of my best friends lives in England, and I love going to London. And their sensibility is just a little bit different. But they immediately took to that, you know, upper class basically eating the lower class. And what's interesting about that movie is just in the last couple of years, it's had this, like, weird resurgence. Like, more and more people are seeing it. Um, yeah. Yeah, people have always talked to me about Pumpkinhead and Silent Night 5, and people send me pictures and things from those films. Just in the last, I would say, year and a half, people are seeing society. Right. And uh, I want to say it was last year. I don't really remember my time scale or not, but right now I know it's on Shudder, and I don't know if you know who Bill Bob Briggs is, but he showed it on The Last Drive-In. It's uh -huh. a TV series and where he'd stop, and he would actually talk about the movie as well so i know it got introduced to a lot of people that watched the last drive-in um i want to say it was within the last couple years maybe because that's the first time i've ever watched it is yeah. when it got premiered on the last drive-in and then i watched it again uh, i think last week or week before to kind of refresh my memory about it but yeah that's i got not, and that's how it works that's yeah. that's the way it happens you know these movies will float out there kind of in the subculture and then somebody will pick it up mm -hmm. and there you go. Wow, that's cool. I didn't know Joe Bob Briggs had shown yeah. it. That's very, very cool. Yeah, I want to say it's season two. I couldn't tell you the episode because I'm not at home. I can't really look. But um, I want to say it's season two of The Last Drive-In. Thank you. I'll check that out. Yeah. That's very cool. I might do a show with Joe Bob next year in the spring. They're talking about it. He does. He, he's doing something. Up, up in like Pennsylvania, or I don't know everything about. Yeah, it, they've been doing. Uh, there's a drive-in out there that he's been doing something out there. That's the thing. Yeah, that's the I'm thing. I'm like huge into that, so I'm like always following that stuff. I watch all his stuff. Well, say real quick, uh, I've been a huge fan since the '90s of him. I love him. I, me too. Yeah. I've always been a big fan of his. Oh, yeah. And I, I would love to meet him and to and to work with him. And, just and Peter go away, Steve. We got this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say uh, someone in the room wanted to tell you, uh, Charles. I don't. I want to make sure while he's still here. Uh, Charles did say you're his favorite in Pumpkinhead. Oh, thank you, Charles. I really appreciate that. That means a lot. Thank you very much for saying that. Thank you so much. I'm trying to read the comments there, boom. <laughs> well, yeah. So you see the comments, but I don't see the comments, right? Oh, I see. I you should it, be so. able to see the comments too. I think. I don't know. Um, on the side, I don't know. I guess they should be up. I for see you a there. window for it, but I don't. But that's okay. Oh, it is. You have to open it. Up. Yeah, it's weird. Like I'm the only one that has it open for some whatever yeah, reason. Maybe I have it open on my other phone, and I don't even see any comments besides the last one I posted. I said hi to Doomsday, and then Charles yes. popped up, and then I said, "Hey, Charles." Yeah, that's the last comment I see. Well, so as long as you guys can see him, I don't see him, but I'll rely on you guys. I see the window, but I don't. Uh... Oh, here comments. Oh, here we go. Hey, <laughs> hi. Hi, Charles. Charles Walker. Oh, hey. 
Charles Walker, do you go by Chuck? Where do you live, Charles? If he's still here. If he's still here. But yeah, we can talk while he replies, whatever. So. <laughs> oh, I have a spot on my screen. It looks like a great big zit. <laughs> it's the camera lens. It's the lens. It ain't me. It's the lens. Oh, you see my Emmy back there? I wanted to make sure you see my Emmy. Oh, yes. Yeah, you can't really see. It's, okay, so that's actually not an Emmy. Oh. <laughs> And it's not mine. That's my that's my partner's Emmy. Um, and it's actually an Addy. But that brings me to you know, I'm a voice actor. That's that's like that's my primary focus. I have been for the last twenty years. Um, I don't turn movies down at all. I don't. I haven't been actively pursuing on camera just because I fell in love with voice acting. So I I'm Nick in the Walking Dead video game. I, I got to be Mr. Peanut last Christmas for Planners Peanuts for the, for the Holly campaign, and then lots of stuff you wouldn't see. I do a lot of animated series and things like that. But if I have a rule if someone if a casting director approaches me about auditioning for a movie, I don't turn it down because my dad always said you have to walk through every door that opens and see what's there for you. And so uh, so I've ended up like every year I'll do like a movie or a couple of movies. So I'm, I'm still in that kind of world and, and very heavily involved in my voice acting. Um, I did want to do a quick shout out to Atlanta voiceover studio. If anybody listening is interested in voice acting, they're an incredible resource uh, nationwide. And their website is atlantavoiceoverstudio.com. And I teach for them as well as being an actor. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a lot of people like want to know how to get into animation, video games and stuff. So they have great resources there that help you kind of tag along. So I wanted to plug that. But that, that trophy, actually, that trophy, that trophy <laughs> actually came from a, a, a voice, voiceover campaign. So that's nice. that I don't have an Emmy, but I'd like to win one. I'm going to win one before I die. I decided that's my, that's my, you have to, I read this thing from some actor that said you have to set like really big goals and, and set them big. And I never have, I've always, I don't know, I've, I've been, I'm very humble and, but I actually decided, okay, I'm going to win an Emmy before I die. For some, you get it. one of the Marvel series or something. I'm going to start auditioning again, maybe win an Emmy. <laughs> and when I do, we're all going to Joe Bob's drive-in theater. It's like, you just won an Emmy. What do you do? I'm going to Joe Bob's Theater. <laughs> yep, with Steven and Miss oh, Boomstick. Yeah, that is where I'm going. Come pick my ass up. We're going. Yeah, Absolutely. That's right. I'm going to fly you there. All right. Coach class only, though, and no hotel room. You have to get the hotel room yourself. All right. Well, as so long we, as we use my sky miles to fly there. All right. That'll work. So. Also, um, uh, society, since it was such a crazy movie and everything, uh, you remember any funny outtakes that happened or anything unusual? <laughs> no. No, just uh, well, what am I talking about? Anything no, yeah. unusual? The whole, the whole thing was unusual. funny. I mean, the whole thing was really fun and really funny. It really was. Um, probably the, the most awkward moment was in the shunting scene because again, like a lot of us really weren't sure what was happening. <laughs> yeah. And there was one scene, there was one close up of me that I think is still in the movie. It was like a full shot where I'm dripping in the methicil in my freaking boxer shorts. And I got to go judge Carter, judge Carter, like judge Carter's emerging from the thing. Yeah. <laughs> we must've done that. We must've done that take all day long because I didn't know what I, what was going on. I couldn't quite figure it out. And Brian Yuzna really was at the helm of that film. And he would say, just be as excited as you can be that this is happening. And Judge Carter is like the king of your tribe. And I'm like, okay, man, whatever you say, Brian. <laughs> anyway, no. It was super fun. I mean, it was fun. Billy Warlock was fun to work with. I don't remember any specific, like, outtakes. I, I will say this because 
because I do remember that from Pumpkinhead. But in society, there wasn't a lot of laughing going on. We were very serious about what we were doing, which is kind of, oh, I do remember one thing. I don't know if I can tell this story. All right, I'm going to tell it because I don't care. So really, so I'm not a tall, tall guy. And a lot of folks in movies are not tall guys. You're, um, because small people kind of, you know, the camera adds uh, girth and dimension. And so actually a lot of, you'll meet people in person who you like in movies and you're like, oh, you're so teeny. Why are you so teeny? And it's because the camera adds dimension. Well, Billy Warlock is, is tiny. And maybe you know this, but he's really, he's really short. And I'm also not super tall. I'm about five, six. But there's a scene where we we are walking in the funeral home when, um, oh, fuck, his name's escaping me now. Oh, my God. Oh, he's a friend of mine. Oh, geez, I knew this was going to happen. This is a side effect of getting older. Uh, he dies. The, our, our best friend, he, well, Billy's best friend dies, and we go to his funeral. Oh. And, uh, um, okay, I'll think of it. Okay. Cause he's, I know what you're talking about, though, yeah. And... Billy and I have to walk down the, the center aisle of the church to the casket. Billy walks down and then I walk up behind him because, because Billy is noticing that on his, on his friend's cheek, there's this like weird bubble. Like yeah. it doesn't look right. And he sticks his finger down and he pops the bubble. Mm-hmm. And then I walk up behind him like, Hey, what's going on? <laughs> what are you doing? What's your friend doing? And so when we did that scene, um, they actually basically put Billy on a, 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 a walkway. Like they built a walkway for him that was about a half a foot off the ground so that when I walked up to him, here's his head, right? And here's, I got, here's my head, right? So when you see that scene, he walks up and then I walk up and it looks like I'm like shorter than him because he's the lead in the movie. But actually, if we were standing together, it would have been like this. <laughs> Talk about an Emmy winner. What a great actor. I do remember watching him do his scenes and, and and, re- and and thinking about the fact too that you know this was a very bizarre, weird, crazy movie that we were all in, and watching how seriously and how small he was in in his scenes, and I couldn't even tell watching him what he was doing. And then I watched the film because I did watch the film, and um, I thought he's so subtle. He's such a good actor, you know. So you learn you learn from everybody that's on the set with you. The one thing about that movie that's strange is all the monsters. We all became really good friends. Like we hung out in L.A for at least a good two or three years after that. We would go out to parties and things and hang out together. The the extras even, like the non-speaking members of our crew, because if you if you look, there's like five of them, right, that are like the core kids. Oh, yeah. Some of us had bigger roles, and some of us were just kind of in the background looking really pretty. They had some pretty people in that movie. Yeah. They had some pretty – I wasn't one of them, but they had some really pretty people in that movie. <laughs> Who just kind of were there to stand there and look really gorgeous and and like you know be the 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 ideal whatever whatever at the time that was because it's different now but right yeah but we all became really good friends Michael and Charlotte and we and we would hang out and go hang out in West Hollywood and hang out in the valley it was really fun it was a, that was a really fun time time of life. <laughs> If you've noticed, I will talk forever, so you just got to pop. <laughs> no, it's it's fine. That's what it's that's what it's it's <laughs> so, um, for uh, Pino in Silent Night, Deadly Night mm. Five, um, was very interesting. Um, as that killer toy robot, uh, you portrayed the mannerisms and walking like pretty much. I mean, dead on robot. What did you do to prepare for that? That's a great question. I know you just watched that just recently, right? <laughs> yes. That's one of my favorites. When people ask me what my favorite movie was, honestly, that was my favorite. Uh, and I remember before the audition, I actually 
was at my, my, my best friend Heather's house in Mandeville Canyon in Los Angeles. And I took a broomstick and I shoved it up my blue, I guess, <laughs> up, the, up the pant leg of my blue jeans. Okay. Come on, Miss Boomstick. I, I shoved it up the pant leg of my blue jeans and up through my belt loop and up through the back of my shirt. And I, and that was kind of the basic basis for the physicality of that character. Because if you see in the end, when you actually, all the clothes come off and you see that he is actually a giant Ken doll, like he can only articulate certain parts of his, of his body. He can only move. And if you're going to sell that to the audience you, at the end, you got to go, Oh, okay. That's why he was kind of stiff. And he, and he kind of moved like this, like, right. And so I actually practiced with a broomstick. And then after I got the part, I practiced with a broomstick too. But the interesting thing about that movie is that was the first movie where I really wanted, I wanted to play that character. I wanted to play an, an, another kind of non-human character, but I wanted to really understand the psychology of Pino. I know it's crazy because here's Mickey Rooney playing Geppetto and I'm playing Pinocchio and you're like, ha ha ha, it's Pinocchio <laughs> and he kills kids. Yeah. But again, I serve that work. I took it very seriously. Yeah. And when people ask me about that movie and, and that movie's really survived. I get a lot of mail about that movie about that performance specifically, strangely enough. And when people ask me about that movie, I always describe it as, okay, I played the robot puppet boy who hates real children until he kills them at Christmas time with their own toys. But I came up with that. I mean, that is what he is. Mm -hmm. But I actually got into the psychology of him. I That was the first film where I ever had a journal and I actually journaled in character. I would sit there between takes and I would write what I was thinking and feeling and how I hated all these, you know, what, what children had. And I just wanted to be loved. And I came from this point of view of innocence. And if you watch the movie, you'll see he's very innocent. Yeah. He's very sweet. He's and it very probably sweet. didn't help that, oh, like Mickey Rooney, he was you know, drunk and always telling him, I wish I had a real son or I wish, you, you know, stuff like right. that. And, and that probably didn't help his, like, you know, thinking process either. Well, that's right. And I responded to that, too, in the journal. So I really went method on that one. I went total method actor, and I completely got into it because I felt like I, want, I, I just relished it. I loved it. I loved every minute of it. Mickey was great to work with. Here's a screen legend. Who's yeah. done 177 movies by the time he does Silent Night Five? He's working a week on the film and getting fifty thousand dollars, and he's only there for like three or four days. He doesn't learn any of his lines. He has a photographic memory. Oh wow! And he doesn't even want to see the scene. He stays in our, in his trailer in his RV, and we actually went to his RV to watch his appearance on Letterman that had happened like the night before. And he and his managers were critiquing it. He invited me into the trailer. He's like. What do you think of this kid? Oh, Judy Garland, Judy Garland, Judy Garland. He all he talked about was Judy Garland. Um, but he would he never learned his lines. He he would say, he would say, give me the sides. The sides are the little piece of paper that you get for the scene you're about to shoot. He'd say, give me the sides right before he I saw him do this. He got it. He looked at the scene and he puts it down and nailed it. Because he had a photographic memory. And he believed that to get a real, true, and authentic performance, it had to be spontaneous. It could not be planned. I'm very different I, I, as an actor. I, I, I think through what I'm doing and I plan things very specifically. But even then, you have to let it go. And you have to let whatever's happening in that moment happen. And, and I was always amazed by that. Now, if I had a photographic memory, I might do that. And remember, he has a photographic memory for all you actors out there. Uh, if you don't have a photographic memory, that's not you. No. You know, <laughs> I mean, you know. But it was interesting because he nailed the scene and it was very spontaneous and it was very in the moment. And he's done 177 movies from the time he was a little kid 
up until I, we were not nearly the last thing he did, but no, he didn't die till just a few years ago, but, but what a sweet man and what an amazing experience to just be able to work with him and to say, yeah, I work. <laughs> yeah. Right. How was it doing the little fight scene with him? So much fun. <laughs> so much fun. In fact, so in that scene, you know, we run down into the basement. Mm-hmm. We're fighting. We run down to the basement. I think he hits me over the head, or I hit him with a bottle or something. Or he with a bottle of his whiskey or something. Yeah. <laughs> but the basement in that scene was actually at stage level on the ground floor of the sound studio, and they built a catwalk for us to wait in a catwalk that had a stairway that went down to ground level. So we're not actually in a house going into the basement. We are up on this catwalk on the sound stage, elevated above the floor. And we, and we, on action, we throw open the door and run down the stairs into the basement, which is actually the ground floor level. So this catwalk was very, um, rigged. It was not like super well built and we had to be very (laughs) careful up there because it would like sway. And at one point, you know, we did that a million times. It was so much fun. And between takes, Mickey would say, he'd go, hey, watch this. And he'd start tap dancing. And for tea, me for you. And as he's tap dancing, the catwalk starts swaying like this, back and forth, back and forth. And of course, the producers had like a million dollars worth of insurance on him because he's Mickey Rooney. Right. So the first assistant director would run up to the catwalk and he'd go, stop. <laughs> Guys, Mr. Rooney, could you just stop, please? Just stop. It was so funny, and he did it on purpose, you know. <laughs> we had a lot of fun that day. That was a, that's a really good memory that I still remember very, very clearly. Because <laughs> I could imagine, I would probably, if my memory probably was, it's, mine's not that great, but I could see having like having that like burnt if you have some sort of experience. Oh yeah, that. Some things don't go away, Miss Boomstick. Right. <laughs> You'll be happy to know when you get to my age, there are some things that don't go away. You're far, far, far from my age. But that's <laughs> I'm already that... having issues. <laughs> here's here's some memory issues. <laughs> I lightly joke about that. My mother in law has uh, has dementia and we kept her here for a couple of years. So if anybody is struggling with that out there, I'm so sorry. I understand what you're going through. I would just say, uh, just know that you're not alone. I have to say that. I had to learn a lot about dementia and Alzheimer's when we had my mother-in-law living here in this room, actually. Um, and she's alive still, and she's fine. She's in kind of the, the later phases, but it's it's no it's no laughing matter. But sometimes you got to laugh to get through it, and you'll be surprised if anybody out there is suffering with that or has a loved one suffering with that. You're absolutely not alone. So many people go through that and suffer with it. So. Mm-hmm. Here's to here's to all here's to Alzheimer's. Okay, you're never having me back, and I don't blame you. Oh, no, you're welcome back. You know, my uh, great grandma had, I think it was like the first forms of that, but it's like she couldn't remember like any of the great grandkids' like names. It was no. like she had uh, people thinking I was pregnant at, when I wasn't because she was going around saying it was me, but it was actually one of my cousins. Oh my god! <laughs> she That's had, like, hilarious. Everybody thinking that, like, oh no. <laughs> It was for my son. <laughs> but, yeah. Connie's pregnant. <laughs> Grandma, who's Connie? You're Connie, damn it. <laughs> uh, everybody like, with somebody else is like, if she would say, nope. uh, she'd always usually call me uh, either Shelly or Stacy as my cousins. And yeah. 
And so, yeah, one of the two got pregnant. I don't remember which one at the time. And so she was going around everybody telling it was me. I'm like, no, grandma. Yeah. Well, see, my, my grandmother had it too, but at the time they didn't really, there wasn't, now I am older than you, but at the time there wasn't a diagnosis for Alzheimer's. And what they used to call it was hardening of the arteries. That was what they called it back in the 60s and 70s. Like it was, oh, her, her arteries are hardening and hardening. And, and my grandma suffered from it too. And I see Doomsday Crick just, just weighed in that, he, that he's, he or she or they, I'm sorry, I don't know gender, has worked with Alzheimer's. My grandmother had a horrible disease. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. it, it is. But, you know, you, you come to terms and you, you work with the good moments. Uh, every day is a moment. And we still, we still experience that with my mother-in-law. Uh, the merciful thing, if there is anything merciful about the disease, is she doesn't know she has it. Uh, she lives literally in the moment every moment. And so what we yeah. focus on is creating really beautiful, memorable moments in that moment, whether she'll remember it or not, and just experiences for her that in that moment give her joy. Right. And that's Doomsday's Crypt, what we sort of learned to focus on through a lot, a lot of counseling and a lot of help from, from medical professionals. We sort of learned that that's what life becomes. And in a way, isn't that life for all of us? You know, yeah, right. and we all have something going on anyway. Sorry, I didn't mean to take us down that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there are fun days for sure, Doomsday Crypt says. Yeah, there are. Yeah. My, my mother-in-law used to think everything she saw on TV was real. That's when it first started. And we were watching a black and white like crime caper with Peter Sellers where there was a big cop chase at the end, like black and white, so it's like the 40s. And I remember when the movie was over, I'm like, okay, Martha, you ready, you ready for lunch? And she goes, we gotta get out of here. I'm like, what? She goes, we gotta get out of here, like right now. I'm like, what are you talking about? She goes, they're coming. They know what we did. I'm like, okay, God. Okay, we're going to be okay. So, yeah, you have to laugh about it. In some Almost like War of the Worlds. It's really happening. We're being. It's really that. happening. Yeah. And I know those of you going through it, not funny. Wow, we took a turn. <laughs> it, happens. Great. it happens. That's you what know? I told That's you. Great. I love it. Yeah. We're talking real. So. Right? <laughs> Uh, it's life and even out of the bad gotta have fun with it also that's right yeah. baby. that's right <laughs> one last I mean, it doesn't deal with all fibers but my uncle he's blind and he had to um re-get his florida id and when he goes in there he's like so with this i can drive at night right that's my kind of uncle oh uh, yeah that's it, hilarious i had to take some medicine a couple years ago and it kind of messed with i have a little bit of paranoia paranoia and stuff and paranormal like, kind of paranoia. I almost said paranormal that. paranoia <laughs> but starring Miss Boomstick. Like, it's super amped like my anxiety and my paranoia to the point that I literally thought there was people outside the house in the backyard that was going to break in oh, and boy. I was like freaking out about it thinking there was people out there and I was like Okay, one, I'm taking, not taking this medicine no more. I can't deal with this. <laughs> <laughs> so it's sad enough that I have it, like, I wouldn't even say normal levels, but I hate to call it that, but, like, my normal levels, I guess. So it's bad enough I freak about this stuff the way I do. I don't need this, like, amp to 100. <laughs> yeah. No, we're not yeah. doing that no more. <laughs> well, at least you know yourself. Right. 
I can't wait till we can have some pizza, you and me. <laughs> I want to talk with you. I want to pick your brain. <laughs> I saw you. Stephen invited me to watch you, like pop in and watch some different things, and I saw you, and I fell in love with you right away. So I just uh -huh. you thank you. You too, Stephen. I'm in love with you. Too. I'm in love with that. Oh, thank you so much. I love all of you guys so much. <laughs> I love you all. <laughs> 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 and see, thank you. <laughs> and here's your Emmy. Let's go. Ah, thank you. I won my Emmy finally. <laughs> you won your oh, Emmy Lord. on the House of Horrors podcast. <laughs> Yay! I'm excited. Speaking of House of Horrors podcast, so so you you're uh, you're in Tampa, right? No, no, I'm in Tallahassee. You're in Tallahassee. That's right. We talked about that because I have a aunt and uncle that live in Tallahassee. Yeah, who, who I, and I've never been to their house. I've actually never been to Tallahassee. I got to get down there and see you guys yeah. down there. Yeah, come on, man. There's a really good pizza place. Um, and now I can't think of the name, of course, but, uh, <laughs> but they got uh, um, huge slices of huge slices of pizza, like as big as your head. Like they're wow. like small size. I have a pretty pizza. big head, Stephen. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> don't we all? <laughs> but no, literally, like um, a small pizza is like a large pizza hut box like they're large Ooh, is like yummy. hard to fit in the car i mean they got like huge slices of pizza and their buffalo wing pizza is the best buffalo that wing sounds pizza so bad <laughs> so. we had to do this at dinner time didn't we that sounds so good <laughs> but if you are in florida i i gotta i gotta give, give a quick shout out i know you have some more questions but i gotta give a quick oh, shout out to mike oh, and Reed for the creature workshop you guys listening the creature workshop it's the creatureworkshop.com they come to a lot of the shows and they're a pop-up costume shop and they gave me well, at Tampa Bay Screams. Oh, yes. Gave me this awesome pumpkin head mask. <laughs> the mask I was hoping you were selling. And, I know, <laughs> yep. and I'm going to go as pumpkin head for Halloween now, for real. I've got my, I've still got my bunt costume in the attic, and I always threaten to, like, put it back on with a wig and, like, go as Bunt Wallace and see, like, if anybody recognizes Bunt Wallace from Pumpkinhead. Do a merge. Wear, like, the clothes of Bunt, but the yeah. pumpkin head. Oh, that's what I'll do. <laughs> That's what I'll do. I have the overalls and I have the shirt, and I can't. And then throw on a milkshake for society. And, and I'll carry a milkshake, a McDonald's chocolate milkshake. Like, who am I? Guess who I am under this mask? You must know me. But Mike and Reed gave me that, and they're with thecreatureworkshop.com. They also, I've talked about Peter from Silver Screen Appearances. He he manages my appearances, but they're also helping to coordinate a brand new show, a brand new convention. You guys. It's going to be at the Space Coast Convention Center in January of 2022, the 22nd and 23rd, and it's called Horrorville. It's a brand new show. Oh, nice. And I'm really excited about it. Uh, the website is horrorvillecon.com, where you can go and you can see the lineup, and they're, they're adding more and more people every day. That's my next big show in Florida. So I hope... Stephen, that you'll come down. I don't know how far the Space Coast is from you, but it's Florida. Come on. I'll have to look it up, but I'm sure it's okay. within driving distance for sure. Boomstick, I'd love it if you could come too. It would be so I wish great. I would have so hard. It's That's a long way. Far, so I don't know if I can. But yeah. That's a long God, way. I have been to Florida since I was 14. That was many years ago. Florida's great, man. Well, you know, right now, wear a mask. Well, yeah. Right. <laughs> talk about that, but yeah. Yeah. I have a ma I have a mask you can wear right yeah. here. Wear this mask. That's a fabulous oh, mask. What was it? Someone went in with. Uh, they had to. They were saying no entrance without a mask, so we put on a Michael Myers mask. That's <laughs> great. Well, that's I, a mask. I see people wearing plague ones too. Well, I haven't like. I've seen pictures. I haven't. Plague mask. Jesus, oh lord. <laughs> 
my Lord and Savior. Well, the thing about like the cons, like I know a lot of the cons are struggling because people are trying to figure out, should I go? Should I not? And it's, it's a tough decision for a lot of people, but especially the cons where you wear costumes, you can put a filter mask in your mask. And why would you not? I mean, I would think that wouldn't be a big deal. And for the people going, wear a mask inside if you're... If, if that's what, you know, I just hate to see the cons suffering from it, but I get it. And, and yeah. you know, we, we have a show tonight. My niece is playing a, a rock and roll show down here in Midtown Atlanta. Uh, and we, you know, we're going, but we are being very careful because we're going to be in a small room. Masks are required. But, you know, everybody has to really be very careful out there. It's not, you know, we don't want to shut the, the whole shebang down again, but we have to be careful so that you're safe. And everybody kind of knows where that is and, and protecting other people too. I mean, yeah. Just be kind, like common sense, you know, it's not that big a deal. But Horrorville at the Space Coast Convention Center in Cocoa Beach. Cocoa okay. Beach. So okay. I'm really excited about that. Horrorvillecon.com. Oh, and then just today, I just want one more, real quick, can I do one more? Yeah, you just you I got asked to do a show here in the Atlanta area. So if you're listening and you live in the metro Atlanta area, I'm going to be at Monster... Monsteramacon. Oh, Monsteramacon. Bring your necro Necronomicon. <laughs> it's like Necronomicon. The Necronomicon. But it's Monsteramacon. And that is going to be, that website is Monsteramacon.com. It's called Monsterama, but it's the Monsterama Convention. Yeah. And that is October 8th, 9th, and 10th of this year here in the metro Atlanta area. So if you're in this area, come and see me. And thanks to Anthony Taylor for having me out to that. So. I wanted to plug those because I've just started doing them and they're so much fun. And well, once you do one, you can't stop. It's in your blood. After the first thing you're like, I'm it really there. is. And I always wonder what it would be like to do it. And it's just, it's an amazing thing. I mean, when those guys gave me that mask, I was nearly in tears because you don't, you know, I, I work. I'm, I, I am what you would call a working actor. You, you would barely notice me and stuff. I just, I, I work and I hustle and I get gigs, lots of voiceover gigs, the occasional on camera, and I produce television too. So I just, I work. And I teach at university, so I, I do everything. I do a lot of things in the entertainment industry. But you're kind of always operating in a vacuum, even when you're on a film set. And to actually get out and meet people who know the work and actually like the work and have stories that they tell you about, oh, oh we used to get stoned and watch that movie all the time. Oh, my God. And when I was in high school, we'd smoke and watch Pumpkinhead all night long. And I'm like, that's awesome. I mean, I never would have thought as an actor that I could have – that that could be, I could have that place at the table in people's lives. And that's what I realized at Tampa Bay is like, no, there are people that love these movies and that want to talk about them. And I've always loved them. I still love them. And people say, oh, that's way in your past. Well, yeah, but it's a part of what makes me who I am. Uh, and for people who are just seeing those movies, they're not in the past. That's the thing about film. It's like it's a yeah. very immediate experience. So Always new fan exposure. New yeah, yeah. So I loved it. And I wasn't sure because that was my first show. And I was like, nah. I told my partner, I'm like, we'll see, you know, we'll see, I don't know. But I, I, I did, I kind of got hooked on it, just <laughs> yeah. talking to people and, and, you know, it was really fun. It wasn't even like an ego thing. It was just like, oh my God, that scene. Yeah. Oh, you, you, oh, you saw the wire in that scene. Nobody sees that. Like nobody's ever said that. Right. You know what I mean? So it was a lot of fun. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. So I'll let you know, Stephen, when I'm doing more, but right now, there's going to be a lot. I can't do a lot between now and the end of the year because of uh, gigs and my schedule. And I'm teaching at Oglethorpe University in film and media studies right now. So my, mm. my time is limited this semester. But 
Next year, we've got several that we're lining up. The first one being the uh, January 22nd on the Space Coast. So, But I am going to put that one here uh, uh, October 8th, 9th, and 10th because that's very close <laughs> to home and I can go up there for the weekend. And yeah. It doesn't take me out very far. So, yeah. That's my plugs. <laughs> plugs. These also are my plugs. I don't know if you can see them very clearly on the camera. <laughs> not come across on film at all. So, you know. yeah, I don't think I've ever noticed the line, the wire or line that you're talking about. But I know huh. in the second pumpkin head, you catch him wearing tennis shoes. Oh, you do. Yeah. Yeah. I have a picture. I have a great. I have a lot of great pictures. And I think the next show I do, I'm going to bring my photo album down. But I have one of Tom Woodruff in the suit on the big riser that he walked on. Basically, his feet cut off at the knees of the costume. And he's wearing tennis shoes. <laughs> Walking out thing. That's funny. That I haven't seen two. Yeah, I, I think I'm pretty two, sure but... it's two. It's like when he's like yeah. going through a door or something. It's been a while since I've seen him. He's like in some sort of scene. If you have like an older copy of like the DVD too, you can see, kind of see it in the picture on the back. That's funny. <laughs> oh, that's bad. <laughs> I auditioned for Pumpkinhead too. Blood <laughs> And I remember going in and like I got called in just off my headshot and I got in and the casting director had no idea who I was. He had not seen the first movie. It had nothing to do with the first movie. No, he hadn't. No, it didn't. It didn't. Yeah. And I went in going, hey man, I'm bunt from the first movie. He's like, mm. I'm like, okay, whatever. And I was auditioning for some completely different character. And I even said at the time, not to him, but to my agent, I'm like, if there's a pumpkin head too. I should be playing the same guy. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. And I did many years later, I got asked to reprise the role of Bunt as a grown up guy uh, in the sci fi movie ones that they did. Okay. Uh, th they shot all in like Hungary or something. Lance is in it. He's in it for like two seconds as a ghost. <laughs> he's like, here's as a ghost. It's so funny because he's in California. It's just like a digital Lance. Anyway. <laughs> But at the time, I had just started my voice acting career, and I was the national voice for Time Warner Cable, which is now Spectrum Mobile or Spectrum Communications. Um, and that was a huge gig, and I was making big bucks. And it was going to take me away for about six weeks to Hungary, um, and I would, and, and they weren't going to pay anything. They were going to pay less than scale. So to give you an idea, I think they were offering me five hundred dollars a week, and I was making like twelve thousand dollars an hour. <laughs> for real no, that's not every voiceover gig if you guys are interested in voiceover just understand that is not every voiceover gig at all but that's you know that's the national campaign so I couldn't do it really and then also I read the script and y'all they turned Bunt into this big doofus kind of slow uh, character well that wasn't Bunt I always, no. thought, I always thought that Bunt would grow up and be an attorney in New York like he would grow up and he would leave Appalachia. He would be the kid that actually left that because he was smart, right? And crafty, and like, and he was deliberate and very intentional and very intelligent about you know he wants to find out if that thing's real or just a story. Like he wants to know, he right? To fast, right. So I always felt like if the best sequel would be, you know, New York City, twenty years later, and Bunt has left Appalachia. He's Pumpkinhead takes Manhattan. You know what I mean? But that's not Manhattan. Pumpkinhead takes Manhattan. Exactly. And then we do Pumpkinhead in space. Pumpkinhead X. Yes. Pumpkinhead in space. It's what you wanted, Ed Harley. You want it. 
Warp speed now, Ed Harley. Warp speed now. God damn you. God damn you. He already has, son. Boom. He already has. I love Frances. She was the, the witch. The witch is my favorite. Haggis is my favorite character in the whole movie. <laughs> I, and I love her performance and she was yeah. a beautiful lady and, and yeah that and that whole scene in her in her cabin was like wow mm. so atmospheric and so spooky. yes yeah. and this is Stan Winston <laughs> and and Boy, Boyan Bazelli the director of photography the production design everybody just came together and made a beautiful movie but yeah we got to do Pumpkinhead X <laughs> we will do it yeah Engage warp drive it. Huh? Engage warp that drive. That'd be like a um, what they called. Uh, I want to say spinoff, but that's not the word I'm looking for. Spoof. spoof. Like a spoof. Yeah. <laughs> oh, a pumpkinhead spoof would be so fun. Now that's what I should do. I have a sketch. I had a sketch comedy theater here in town for a long time, and it was the first original scripted sketch comedy theater, like Saturday Night Live. We taught people how to write comedy. So I mean, that really is kind of. That's my love. In fact, the, the last feature film I did, it's not a genre film, but if you guys want to check it out, it's called Permanent. It's a Magnolia picture. I think you can find it on Amazon and other places. And it's about this little girl who the day before she goes to high school, she gets the worst haircut of her life, like the worst perm. It's oh, hideous, horrible. And I actually got to play the hairdresser who gives her the bad perm. It's me, Patricia Arquette, Rain Wilson. It's a sweet, sweet film. It's a family film, but I got to really have fun with my comedic chops in that one. Cause it's, again, it's a total character. It's not like me. Um, and they just let me improvise and go. So yeah, a spoof, a pumpkin head spoof. That's a really good idea. You can serve him some pumpkin pie. <laughs> yeah. I'll have have some pie, that. Ed Harley. Have <laughs> some pie. <laughs> my mom was a hairdresser. So I grew up in like the hairdresser realm it was like she went to the beauty college when i was like super little and then mm -hmm. she, i got to be the experimental doll i think that's why i keep my hair <laughs> <out now. laughs> that's hilarious and then yeah so i like grew up in that so i would have to see that see how you take on yeah, like, see you, how old's your kid uh, he's 16. 16 he's probably a little too old for it it's 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 kind of a little it's a young girl film but like if you have a dog, although my nephew watched it, my little nephew Milo, and he really liked it, but he's like six or seven. It's a family movie. It's not a genre movie. It's definitely like a family movie, but you guys check it out. It's, it's, it's a cool little film. It's, it's actually a really sweet little film. So I have to look it up there. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I have to definitely look that up, especially with you playing a hairdresser. I'd have to yeah. Yeah. And it's like the first 10, 15 minutes or something, but you'll, you'll see it's, it's a, kind of starts a movie off. So it's really, it's really fun. <laughs> But I love the idea of a parody, a Pumpkinhead parody. That yeah, because they're remaking Pumpkinhead now. I heard that. I've been, yeah. Yeah, the guy who produced Saw is has been talking about it, and I am reaching out, and my reps are reaching out to see like if I could do like an Easter egg or just like I'll I'll be the guy behind the counter in the shop because that movie means so much to me. But I'm sure Lance will be in it in some way. Um, I would like to be. Or they get you as the father in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, what I would like, I would, yeah, the guy I want to play is this guy. Yeah. I can't help you. You folks is marked. Marked? <laughs> what do you mean, marked? You folks. Oh. <laughs> that guy, you know, that's the guy I want to play. Or my grandfather, Buck Wallace. You get to bed like I told you. <laughs> Grandpa, is that thing going to hurt our animals? You get to bed. You get to bed now. Can you tell I've seen this movie a lot? Yeah. Um, 
but, not like you, you know, were in a <laughs> you know, But then I was thinking today, I was like, eh, you know, if it's meant to be. Like, I, I, I have this very, very specific philosophy about life that's developed over many, many years that the things that are meant for you come to you. A casting director actually told me that once, and but I think in life in general, the things that are meant to you to be yours are yours and they come to you and, and you don't have to push, 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 push. You can be assertive, you can be aggressive, like you can go after the things that you want, but at the end of the day, you kind of delivered the things that are meant for you, like your life is your life and, and these experiences that are supposed to happen to you happen and you have to walk through them, learn what you learn. And so I was thinking today, like maybe it wouldn't be so great to be a part of a Pumpkinhead remake. Like it's probably gonna be very different uh, completely reimagined. There might not be a place for me, or it might not. It might. It's never going to be the experience that filming that first one was. Right. Right. I mean, it, it it might be fun to go for a day and like I'm in the original, you know, and 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 it would be flattering if that filmmaker felt like okay, this would be a good Easter egg because a lot of fans are talking about it like oh they better not do that they better not mess with it but but they're going to that's what Hollywood does they remake everything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I usually follow the news, and I haven't even seen any peep about that yet. That's interesting you say, because right before the pandemic is when there was a lot of press about it, and then it, everything stopped for the pandemic. So I think it stopped, but I think he's peaking his interest again because I read something in Variety about it, and some of the Hollywood trades about it. So I have his email. <laughs> I'll have to keep an eye out for that because I usually yeah. follow like a bloody disgusting and dread yeah, yeah. and stuff you, like that. You haven't seen it in those in those rags yet. You haven't seen no. it there or in Fangoria or anything like that. Yeah, not yet. Yeah, yeah not yet. I don't. It's not me. since I've been covering the news because I for a while there I was like every week I do kind of like what commentary channels on YouTube do. Yeah, yeah. Like, go over um, different news of the thing, and I I did get to do it this week. Hopefully. Tuesday, I'll do it. Cool, cool. <laughs> too rushed to get out here to my parents' house. I didn't get to do it this week. But yeah, just basically I show the articles, just kind of go over each week of what's going on in like the horror world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. Be sure you let me know what you're doing and where I can find it too, and I'll subscribe to whatever you're doing, Miss Boomstick. Yeah, my uh, is just called Miss Boomstick, just like what my name is. Perfect. Because <laughs> I am a big fan of you guys. <laughs> Appreciate it. Likewise. <laughs> it's appreciation. Oh, go ahead. You got your question there. You look like you were reading something. Me? I, I no. got my oh, notes. Yeah. No, boom. Not you. <laughs> You're just like, I got my notes like right next to me here. So I'm like going over, make sure uh, where I'm at in my notes. <laughs> That's a good thing. Notes are a good thing. I, I took notes too because I had to shout out to some people tonight. I promised them that I would. And I think I have yeah. shouted out to everybody. Except you guys, I want to thank you guys so much for having me. This is so much fun. Let's do this again for oh, sure. Definitely. Yeah, of yeah, definitely. I'd love to. Yeah, it's already been 57 minutes. Doesn't even seem like it's been that long. No, it doesn't <laughs> at all. It went too fast. <laughs> well, but but I don't have to go yet, though, quite yet. Do you have any more questions? or, or uh, um... For the video game fans, uh, as your role as Nick there, um, when you got into it, Rewind, I can't talk now. I can't help you. <laughs> you folks is marked. <laughs> yep, you can't. Mark, what do you mean, marked? Oh, Mark. Cynthia Bain. So, um, did you what do you want, uh, Stephen? <laughs> what you That's what I want is to know. Did you just do the recordings or did you actually get to see any of the gameplay? Mm -mm, didn't see any of it. Yep, okay. did not see any of it. They they hadn't even created the concept art for Nick when I did the role. 
Um, I auditioned through my my uh, agent, uh, actually actually my Southeast agent to get that role. My my Los Angeles agent and my San Francisco agent do most of the video games, but I got this one through my uh, Southeastern rep. Uh, and I auditioned and got it, and then they flew me to San Francisco to actually do the recordings, which was super fun. I felt like such a rock star. I flew in. They threw me in a car, drove me up to San Marin. We recorded. They threw me back in the car at 2 o'clock in the afternoon and sent me right back to the airport. I'm like, what just happened? <laughs> uh, for the first episode. And I think the director just wanted to know that, that he could work with me because from there on, the rest of the episodes, I filmed for my studio. I recorded for my studio here. Um, but at the time, there wasn't any artwork. Uh, they had some concepts rendered at Telltale when I went and recorded there, but, but none of the gameplay um, that I saw. At least they didn't show it to me. They were really more concerned about the performances. And that was, you know, in the voiceover world, when you do like a commercial and you're talking about Coca-Cola or Tide Pods with bleach, it's usually a very like light, positive, happy thing. You're not usually crying, right? Video games are very different, especially a game like The Walking Dead. It's very, it's consequential. You know, Clementine opens a door and here's a conversation between Nick and Uncle Pete and that influences what the player might or might not do. They can make choices that literally mm -hmm. change the game, right? Like you could have killed me three times in that game or you could have let me live. And if you let me live, then you see what happens at the end of that season. Um, but I had a scene in that first episode where I had to cry because Nick is confessing, I think it was to Uncle Pete, that he feels responsible for the death of his mother because he left the kitchen door open and a zombie came in and ate her. <laughs> well, that's what it was. And, uh, and I didn't get the script until I got to the – they did keep me one night. I got to the hotel that night just in time to get a spaghetti dinner before all the restaurants in Marin County closed. And, uh, and in the hotel, I was reading through the script, and I saw the scene, and this is what we saw. It was, it was a script, Stephen, to answer your point. It was a script just like a film script. With, it's laid out technically in different ways because you have long pages where you're literally just going, ugh, ah, oh, man, ah, uh, uh. and that's it, right, for pages and pages. And then right. you have the, scene, the dialogue scenes, too. And it's very technical because it's laid out for the animators and, and everything's to time. But I was reading through the script and I because I just got it the night before we recorded episode one. And I came across a scene where I'm talking about my mom dying. And I went, oh, nope, nope, nope. And I put it down. And I kind of pulled a Mickey Rooney. Because in voiceover, you don't learn your lines. You can't. You're always working with a script because they have to change it. It's written for time, think, think, you know, commercial and, and in animation and voiceover too, in a video games too. But I saw the scene and I saw the first couple of lines of what I was saying and I went, mm, I'm putting that down. I know where this lives. I know. I know where this lives. I know how I would feel if my mother died. That's I. I just. I just all I need to know. And it was a really important scene. It was going to be my first scene with the director. And sure enough, the next day it was the very first scene that we did. And he was nervous. He, he was like, "Okay, we're going to do this scene, and you know, we're going to do it as many times as you need. So don't worry. We can do it again and again and again. So just take your time and get where you need to be." I'm like, "Okay, man, I'm cool." And he, they roll tape. We're recording and the tears just start coming and the scene happens and I'm confessing and, and we finished the very first take and he goes, well, okay, <laughs> uh, that's, we're, we're done. I guess that, that, that's great. Uh, that's a wrap. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, so that is funny, Miss Boomstick. I like how Mickey Rooney says it needs to be fresh and needs to be spontaneous. Like that was a moment only because I don't have to learn lines in voiceover where I could kind of just let that happen. And I actually did not want to rehearse that at all. Because I knew I had that in my emotional body, 
you know, and I, I just let it happen. So he, but I think that's why, Stephen, I think that's why they flew me to San Francisco. Like he wanted to be sure that I could do what he was asking me to do. Right. And from that point on, we recorded the rest of the episodes from my studio here in Atlanta, but no artwork at all. In fact, it, it, this is interesting when I, and I teach my animation students this too. When you get an animation audition, sometimes you get the artwork and you see what the character looks like and you got to embody that physicality because the voice follows what the body does. So you've got to like figure out what's the physicality of that character, whether it's a little pixie in a kid's cartoon or if it's a, a video game character that's, that actually is. And Nick is like tall and thin and has dark hair, wears a baseball cap, like nothing like me. Really chiseled, like dark, dark features. Well, in the audition, I didn't, I didn't get any artwork at all, but I actually drew a doodle of what I thought Nick would look like. And I've got it somewhere one of these days. I've got to find it and pull it out. I've never thrown it away. But surprisingly, it's very, very to what the character ended up looking like. I put, I put a baseball cap on him. He's tall and thin with long black hair. I think Nick had like shoulder length kind of black hair. <laughs> but it's so important in animation that you visualize what you're voicing. You know, right. And so I did because there wasn't any artwork to your point. There was no artwork. There was no gameplay. And I didn't play video games. At the time. I still don't really play video games. I did when I was a kid. But I, that was like uh, Frogger. Right. And Donkey Kong. <laughs> you know, like nothing like the games today. My little brother, on the other hand, Joey, he's like big into the whole the gaming thing. So, yeah, it was all just from the script, from bringing reality and truth to the script and, and honoring the character and, and doing a sketch of what I thought he would look like. <laughs> it's what you wanted, Ed Harley. <laughs> that was fun. That's the only – that and Mr. Peanut, because voiceover is not a high-profile <laughs> acting job. You know, voiceover artists don't get famous. You never know. You probably have heard me a hundred times over the last few years on the radio. You would never know it's me. People sound different when they're being recorded than they do when you're just talking to them. Um, but that role in the Walking Dead video game was so fun because it got it got attention. Um, I got a lot of 13-year-old fans on Twitter all of a sudden um, and a lot of fan fans on Twitter. Uh, and it really, like, like – I, I had a guy today who followed me on Twitter and his comment was Nick is my favorite character in the walking dead. So that was just, that's, that's very fulfilling and gratifying. And people always ask me to do the voice. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> I really I'm, I can't do that. I know. Oh, I asked my son when I was filling out my notes, if, I was like, cause he plays games and I asked him if he ever played the Walking Dead games and he's like, no, why? And I told him that he'd be talking to you and he's like, well, I know the character, but I've never played it. And I was like, okay. So I was going to see if he would have questions, but he's, he's not really into the horror game genre, so he didn't ever played it. But yeah, I tried to pick his brain for it. He doesn't know what he's missing. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've tried to play some. I, I'm like in the Atari generation too. So right. I have, you know, had that, and then I didn't play for years. And then this last couple of years, I've started playing some PlayStation games. But oh, cool, cool. Steven, do you play video games? Oh, it's been a while, but I have a Switch, Nintendo Switch, and oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So every now and then, I'm more of a movie person than gamer. But sure. yeah, me too. <laughs> but I mean, my I favorite do. movie genres are science fiction. I love horror. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of the Conjuring series right now. And I know a lot of people are kind of lukewarm or they really, really love it. But okay. Steve Coulter plays Father... I almost said Father Downey. <laughs> Father Gordon. Steve Coulter plays Father Gordon. He's played Father Gordon. And he's a really good friend of mine. He, he was 
the uh, he was my first acting teacher in Atlanta, uh, and we just are really, really, really close. And there's a great example of a guy who has had an amazing career, and then all of a sudden in his 60s, everything blew up. He got a series regular on The Walking Dead, and, and he's Father Gordon in the Conjuring series. And he's also in the Insidious series, too. Uh, James Wan loves him. Um, why did I bring him up? Oh, yeah. So I'm, I'm a geek boy when it comes to these. I, like, I can't wait for the next Conjuring movie. Yeah. I love Vera Farmiga, first of all. Yeah. She's amazing. And and Patrick Wilson. Let me get the name. Oh, God. Yeah, you get oh, I love him. And uh, and then, of course, Steve. So I always watch him for Steve, but I'm so hooked. And this last one that came out, I couldn't wait to stream it. I think it was HBO Max streamed it, and I yeah. streamed it. Yeah. I'm just like, Whoa. And then and then I went to my dad's house and my dad has like a TV that is the size of of a wall. And I watched it again and I'm texting Steve at the same time going, This is great. <laughs> I love those stories. I don't I you know Yeah, I I'm a fan of that series as well. I love what oh, James Wan has brought to those stories. I think the I Crooked Man's the next one, right? Isn't it the Crooked Man they're doing next? I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah, I, think, I loved it. I loved the last one too. I, you know, people were like, oh, yeah. it's this, it's that, it's whatever. I'm sorry. People no, are going to complain no matter what. But the only one mm-hmm. I didn't really like was La Llorona. That's the only one I really didn't like. But I don't think James Wan really had that much into that one. I think somebody else did that one, if I remember and correctly. Not a lot of people saw that one too. That's interesting. So I wonder, I wonder what was going on with that one that it didn't quite bite. I don't know. But yeah, that one, there's a Spanish version. It was on Shudder. I'm not sure if it still is. Yeah. But I think it's a little bit more uh, lower budget, but that one's like a lot better than the other one. But yeah, I just, I don't think they really captivated the that one, but all the other ones, I love the Annabelle. I love Conjuring. Yeah. I, I love all of those. Yeah. I do too. Yeah. I'm glad you do. I'll yeah, I think the now. day that it got released, I think the next day after it got released on HBO Max, the new one, I ended up watching it. Yeah, me too. But yeah, we got a big projector that we project onto the wall. <laughs> oh, that's too much fun. I got to come to your house so we can watch Pumpkinhead. That would be a lot yeah. of fun. That's how I watched it. I sat in my chair with it projecting onto the wall. <laughs> that's, that's great. That's really great fun. That's great fun. But I, And I love science fiction. I love really good science fiction. And I've seen some. You know, There's so much content out there right now. Yeah. All the streaming channels are just ordering content, ordering content. So it's really hit or miss. And you've got to like really like weed through a lot of stuff to find the really good stuff. I haven't yeah. seen a really great science fiction movie lately. Have, have you seen a, the new show Surreal State where they um, they work in real estate, but they sell the houses where there's like ghosts and spirits and each of I them. I had that idea little... years ago. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I had that idea years ago. That's what I'm telling you. Every idea is getting made if you can get it made. Surreal Estate it's called? Surreal Estate, yeah. That was my idea years and ago. He's, I probably he's, pitched he's that both. as a producer and somebody stole it. <laughs> it they stole your pitch. That's okay because I'm psychic and I talk, I talk to dead people and I'm going to stick some ghosts on them. There's uh, yeah, yeah, well, the guy like that, years ago of having like a restaurant but have it horror themed. And I just seen like one guy yeah. open in Ohio. Yeah, right. I was like, man, yeah. if I would have had money, I could have been doing that. I know, honey. Exactly. It's all about it. I hate that when you have an idea and then you see it happen somewhere else. It's like, what the hell? No. Yeah. <laughs> well, does anybody watching at home have any questions? I'm gonna have to get off of here real soon and go go see my niece in the in the in the COVID room. I mean, I'm sorry, in the reptile room. <laughs> what? Room? So I guess we, we ought to wrap it up, Steven. I hate to. This That's is fine. so much fun. I'd like to stay out here all night long. So. 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, people like to stay on the full time or come back or whatever. Yeah, I mean, you're always welcome back. It's fun. Thank you. Know? you. Yeah, I'll come back for sure. Uh, yeah, anytime. You just let me know whenever you have a hole in your schedule. I'll come back and we can chat yeah, some more. Most definitely. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't even seem like it's been an hour. Yeah, it's been an hour, <laughs> no. ten minutes. It doesn't even feel like that long. Yeah, that was really, really super, super, super fun, you guys. Thank you so much for having me and let me plug my stuff that's coming up. And Ooh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, I hope I get to meet you really soon in person, Miss yeah. Boomstick, and I hope yeah. I get to see you again soon, Stephen. I'll probably be coming down next year, so or January yeah. or whatever. So great, excellent. Stay in touch, and I'll be sure that you know it's a brand new show, so that's kind of exciting. Like it's, yeah, it's a first brand one. new con, and I'm going to be one of the first guests at the con, so that's really that's going to be fun. Yeah, we'll have a good time. All right, awesome. well, we'll see you soon then. We'll see you soon. <laughs> oh wait, uh, oh okay, John just said great interview. All right. Oh, who said okay. that? He said said great interview. <laughs> so. Thank you, Doomsday Crypt. I appreciate you hanging with us. And thanks, everybody, for being here. And come see me at a show. Definitely. If you're going to Wisconsin, I'll have to keep an eye out for yeah, you. Yeah, for sure. I'm southern end because I'm in the southern end. <laughs> okay. Hey, and, and listen, anybody you know that's doing shows out there, uh, let them know that I'm doing shows. And I can and I, you put them in touch with me, and I'll refer them over to Peter to, to get us booked. Yeah, I haven't seen any. Uh, I sent an email because Joe Bob had sent some out you know, looking for places to have because he does that Redneck yeah. State Hollywood show. Right, and he did one in Milwaukee that I went to, so that's like an hour and a half away from me. So I went there, and then he was telling people, if you know places of different convention centers, well, I have a convention center in my town, but I never see anybody like use it for anything. I never see what's used for it. So I was like, so I sent him the information. And I was like, have a convention oh, here, <laughs> like right, right down the street, five minute drive. There you well, go. Well, I hope he does. Right? Yeah. If not, when right. I win my not, Emmy, you, we're gonna go. I'm gonna fly you. <laughs> We're, I'm going to fly you coach class. <laughs> coach class, no hotel. Coach class. Once I'm, I'm in Miami. I'm the plane, so I don't care what class it is. That's right. All right, guys. Well, love right, to you have both. Fun. I hope to right. see you again real soon. Steven, I'll see you soon. Miss Boomstick, right. I hope to see you soon. Bye. Right. 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 Good night, everybody. Thanks for being here, everybody. Right. Bye. Bye. <laughs>